This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hold for siren. See, I told you, you jinxed me. You probably can't even hear it, but. I can't, but now I get a green apple bite. Mm. Ooh, nice. What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined by my trusted co-host, the extreme overreactions to two games of preseason basketball. It's Adam Mamawala. Adam, how's it going? You gotta overreact to preseason ball. What's the <laughs> what's the fun in taking it at face value as a tune-up when you can freak out about every minute of every game? Look, it's been very important. RJ Barrett is shooting really well, which is exciting. I'm going to ignore everything bad happening for the Knicks. Obi Toppin has had one good game and one bad game. Everything's in flux. Hey, you know, that's that's one good game more than you thought he would have. Uh, you know, it's proved Shub's wrong season. I'm hoping to be proven wrong, very much so. And we'll just have to see how it goes when it gets to the real games. If Obi Toppin is the defensive player of the year, I am going to laugh <laughs> in your face so hard. I think that is physically impossible. But <laughs> him being rookie of the year is not out of the question. So that would be very exciting. Proof Shub's wrong season. Let's do it. Please shut me up, Obi Toppin. Shut me up. <laughs> he ties with James Harden for Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> oh, James. I think the only way James Harden gets Defensive Player of the Year is if he becomes defensive about how rude he's being to the Houston Rockets organization. <laughs> yeah. So before we talk about basketball things, let's get ready. Let's get prepped in a little area that we like to call the Teal Memorial Locker Room. Teal's doing great. Excited for the holiday season. Have we checked in on Teal recently? Are we sure? I'll read. I'll I'll write a, a letter right now. <laughs> I'll call in my carrier pigeon. He'll pen. You'll bring out your quill pen. We're back to our old our old letters. <laughs> you can't see it, but but Mike is pantomiming, uh, licking the tip of a pen and and writing on a scroll. Dearest Teal, I, I know you're a professional podcaster, but I, I just want to remind you this is an audio uh, medium. Oh right 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 right. right. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Adam, you know who is helping cover the costs of all of my scrolls, inks, and various feather-backed quill quills? Your quills, all your all your expensive quills. Mm-hmm. Could it be our patrons? It could be our patrons. Our producer-level patrons continue to support the show, and we are all thankful to them for doing so. So shout out to Polly Burridge, Kendra Hadley, Adam Harwick, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Catherine Lee, Siobhan Ellsbury, Shubidubidu, Godzilla, Garpuzzi, Steph Curry for three. Bang. He sells seashells, LaRon James, Matt Barger, NBA legend Robert Zachary. No jazz, no pizza. Eileen Gazesh. And I've learned that we have been saying Avatar Kayoshi or Avatar Kiyoshi back and forth with no regularity. And shout out to the people on the Potterless Discord who let me know that it is properly pronounced Avatar Kiyoshi. Good to know. And then also don't go chasing Taco Falls. Thank you for the clarification. I believe Kiyoshi is the lead character of a television program that I do not watch. Ah, I likewise (laughs) do not watch whatever program you're talking about. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, uh, I, I do not consume it, but I am glad that I am now no longer butchering the name, or at least I hope I'm not. And you know what? I, I don't want to call you out, but you still you still vacillate between Mama Walla and Mama Walla. I know this time I didn't I didn't hit it this time. <laughs> I, it's it's hard to unlearn. I have to unlearn years of saying your last name, but never to your face and never getting corrected on it. It's a slow process, but we're here. Just, if, that, if that's not a, if that's not proof of, of how passive aggressive I am as a person, <laughs> imagine if I were just calling you Scoobert for 10 years and you just didn't say anything. I think the problem is I just, how often do I say your last name to you? Right. That's a good point. Some people do just call me by my last name. Some people just like call me Mama Wall. or Mama. That was my, one of my nicknames. Or Mams, that was a weird one. I didn't like that one. I didn't. I didn't choose that. That that doesn't feel good. It felt mean. I don't know if that was the intention, but I didn't like it. Well, you don't have to worry about me calling you Mams, but you know what else you don't have to worry about? Not having a sponsor because we do have a sponsor, and Mike's gonna tell you about that. There it is. Our sponsor for this episode of Horse is Shaker and Spoon. Shaker and Spoon is a delivery service that sends you a box of ingredients and instructions to make four servings of three different cocktails. All you need to do is supply the booze and they supply everything else. They do all the hard work. It's wonderful. You get the recipes to make these drinks. They all use the same liquor. They usually vary, which is very fun. You'll get different types of drinks within the same box. You have a fun experience. And since it's COVID and you shouldn't be going to bars, and if you live in a place that lets you I don't know what's going on where you live. Maybe you're listening to this podcast in New Zealand where everything is fine and I'm incredibly jealous. But if you're, uh, you know, here in the States, I would highly recommend drinking indoors. Totally. And indoors, I mean your actual apartment, yes. not fake outdoor indoors. <laughs> It's not, it's not outdoors if there's an HVAC. That is a fact. My apartment was once outdoors and then they built walls around it and now it's no longer outdoors. That's how building things work. And once they put in the HVAC, that's when it was official. Now this is indoors. <laughs> so if you want to get drinks indoors, whether you have an HVAC or not, you can do so and you can save some money as a horse listener. If you go to shakerandspoon.com slash horse, you'll get $20 off your first box. The boxes run between 40 and 50 bucks. So this is basically half off, which is pretty sweet. And again, that deal is available to you if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash horse and uh, you'll get some sweet delivery kit-based cocktail-making apparatus <laughs> in your home safely today. Now that we are all centered, we can get into our first segment of the show, which we like to call Full Court Press. Get it? Like the news? I get it. There's one good thing and one bad thing. Do you want the good or the bad? I always go bad first. Cool. Kyrie Irving called media members pawns, and it was very rude and unnecessary. Yeah, he did. Uh, do we do we want to like read what the statement was for some context here? I've got the full quote of his wonderful Instagram story post. So he started off with a quote from Malcolm X that says, quote, I've had enough of someone else's propaganda. I'm for truth no matter who tells it. I'm for justice no matter who it's for or against. I'm a human being first and foremost, and as such, I am for whoever and whatever benefits humanity as a whole. Now, this is a fine quote, but unfortunately, he's using a profound quote from a profound man to justify his decision, Kyrie Irving, to not talk 
to the media this season. His plan was to just not talk to reporters, which is against the rules. You are not allowed to do that. You have to do so. Otherwise, you will be fined repeatedly. So this is what he decided to use this quote for. And then he continued knowing he would get fined. I don't even know if he already did. By the way, I also have to say, um, not only did he use that quote, he also had a typo in it, which, oh, you know. I didn't even I see. Don't think that, I don't think that Malcolm X said, I'm for justice. <laughs> I believe he said, I'm for justice. But Kyrie wrote F-R-O-R, which is a word that uh, is not a word. Mm. <laughs> I'm for justice. We're all for justice, aren't we? <laughs> Deep down in our heart of hearts. But he went on to say, I pray we utilize the fine money. And he put fine money in quotation marks as if it doesn't exist, even though it does. And it's 25,000 very real dollars. I pray we utilize the fine money for the marginalized communities in need, especially seeing where our world is presently. I am here for peace, love, and greatness, so stop distracting me and my team and appreciate the art with a capital A. We move different over here. And then he ended it with, I do not talk to pawns. My attention is worth more. The star of David emoji and then the screaming head emoji. Um, yes, this is my question about it. And I've like looked it up a bit. It's hard to not perceive that as being anti-Semitic. What, what am I missing here? So I don't know. I also was confused. He did post this on the first day of Hanukkah. I do not think he was wishing everyone a happy Hanukkah. The only thing that I can think of is that Malcolm X was a member of the Nation of Islam. And I know that the Nation of Islam has some extreme beliefs about Israel but I am not positive. I'm not well-versed in it, but I do know that one of the criticisms of the Nation of Islam from the Googling that I did is that they appear to be anti-Semitic, or at least certain people within that group were. So it doesn't feel like a great usage here. Yeah, it just, I mean, again, I, maybe I'm not understanding something, but when I see those two emojis back to back, to me, it like very clearly is a reference to like people who think like, Jews control the media or like things that are just like yeah. baseless and and ridiculous. It's not a good look. Uh, again, maybe I don't understand what his message is, but I don't like it. No, especially right after a line where you call people that have jobs pawns. I get that you might not want to talk to the media, but that's just not a way to talk to anyone. Thankfully, Mike Breen, the Knicks announcer who sometimes does ESPN games, our beloved bang man, <laughs> he comes out on a preseason game. He's talking about one of the players for the Lakers, Taylor Horton Tucker, the second round pick who's been doing wonderful stuff this preseason. So that's very fun. He talks about how good he's been playing and then he ends up with saying, but what do I know? I'm only a pawn from what I'm told. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Kyrie attempted to clarify. We'll put the link to Kyrie clarifying his pawn statement on the website, the episode page of horsehoops.com. After listening to it, it feels a little backtracky based on the context of the Instagram post. It definitely feels like he's calling the media pawns, but even his sentiment is about protecting his voice and stuff. You don't have to break the rules of your contract and the collective bargaining agreement where you agree to talk to the media. Like, you, There's better ways and more professional ways to go about this. I know he has frustration with the media, and I can imagine it's very frustrating to be a person where it seems like a lot of people are just out to try to take your stuff out of context. 
But there's better ways to do it than just straight up refusing to talk to people. Yeah. I remember, uh, I know you're not an NFL guy, but there's a player named Marshawn Lynch who's on the Seahawks. Oh, I'm well versed in Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> so there was a point similar to the NBA, uh, NFL players have to talk to the media. And he got around it on a technicality by doing interviews and just repeating the phrase, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. And he, whatever anybody asked him, he would just say, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah, Russell Westbrook did a similar thing with one reporter from Oklahoma who wrote a mean thing about either him or Kevin Durant or both. And for a while, anytime that one dude asked a question, he would just say next question and go on to the next person. So that's also not necessarily very mature or professional, but just the thing that boggles my mind the most about all of this is trying to say, I'm not talking to anyone from the media this season. And you're like, if the point is to reduce distractions, this is not it because this will create infinitely more distractions because now on top of whatever was going to happen, you have the extra thing of people wondering why you're not talking to the media. The better solution would just be give really boring answers to everything. Just give the classic, we try it out there. It's all about the team. Like just say the same 10 platitudes over and over again if you really don't want distractions. And then people will just get bored that you have the same 10 answers like you're a character in NBA 2K My Career. Maybe for Kyrie, the whole pawn thing was just a reference to chess, which is played on a board that is flat, much like the earth. Ah, I like where your head's at. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad that he seems to now be answering to the media and this is becoming less of a thing. It's just... It's just frustrating that Kyrie Irving seems to have like a one step forward, two step back thing. He did some really great things this offseason. He gave a bunch of money to charity. He gave a bunch of money to WNBA players who sat out the bubble for medical concerns or whatever because the WNBA wasn't paying those players. So he gave a bunch of money. He does some great things and he says some really great things at times. But then he has moments like this where it's just, I just, I just wish he wouldn't. I wish, I wish he wouldn't. <laughs> I want this stuff to not happen for him because it kind of waters down when he does nice, good things, which he does often. Right. But anyway, let's move on to happier, less grumpy things. And that's Giannis Antetokounmpo has signed a gigantic maximum five-year extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's staying in town and they're paying him just a measly $228.2 million dollars to do so. Yeah, but I mean, after taxes, is that really that much? <laughs> uh, quite a quite a pretty petty, but I got to say, I think this is good for the league. I think this is good for the city of Milwaukee. It's very good for the league. I'm actually super psyched that he's staying in Milwaukee. Yeah, I'm glad he's staying there. It makes things less dramatic. It makes me feel better about the prospect of a player being in a small market and staying there. And then also, I'm pretty sure the owners of the Bucks are really cool people. So I'm okay with good things happening to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. And I also feel like it's kind of like an unfinished business thing. Like the, the Bucks have been very good. And I think Giannis like wants to, wants to see it through. And in a way that it was disappointing to see Kawhi not stay in Toronto. Like I, I think it's to your point, very good for the league that he's staying in Milwaukee. And it's it's the biggest contract in NBA history, but it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue that he doesn't deserve it because he does. In the context of how inflated and absurd these contracts are, he does deserve it. Right, right, right. Given, given all things considered of what we can expect, it's good to see someone who has achieved great things be rewarded for his achievements and stay with the team where it all happened. There aren't as many players that just stick with the team and ride it out their whole career as much anymore, which is fine. I'm very much okay for the whole player empowerment era. I think the players should have more control. They are the business. It makes 
sense. So I'm not trying to say that people shouldn't be doing what they want to do and signing wherever they want. Yeah. It's frustrating to see something like the James Harden situation where he is not handling it well and is missing practices and all this other stuff. And it's refreshing to see someone want to just stay with the same team and not necessarily flee at the first sign of trouble and and try to ride it out. So I'm excited to see Giannis be like a Damian Lillard who sticks with a team for, if not his whole career, we'll have to see what happens with Dame, at least a long portion of it. It's nice. I saw a great tweet from Bleacher Report. Uh, it said, Giannis is the basketball dream. He sold trinkets on the street. He shared shoes with his brother. He didn't own a suit before the draft. He sent so much money home that he couldn't afford a cab and would literally run to the Bucks arena. And now he has the biggest contract in, in NBA history. He's a two-time MVP and a defensive player of the year, much like Obi Toppin will be. <laughs> Full Court Press has now been wrapped up and we can get to our next segment, which is a special edition of something we like to do once a year here at Horse that will be taking the place if that actually happened. It's the annual NBA drama draft. Ooh, my first drama draft. I'm very excited. Adam's first drama draft. And if any of you listening, if this is your first drama draft, basically ahead of time, Adam and I have drafted what we think will be the most dramatic teams. Adam got the first pick and then we alternated back and forth. And we'll be going in order from teams that we have decided and deemed might be the most dramatic this year to the teams that either are going to be boring or just won't have a lot of drama to shake up. And we'll discuss a little bit about each of them. So Adam, how about you go with uh, what your first pick in our drama draft was? With the first pick in the 2020 drama draft, the Adam Mama Wallace select the Houston Rockets. Quite the easy choice. I think there's going to be some drama boys. It was a very easy choice. Basically, no more Maury. Daryl Maury, their GM, is out. They traded Russell Westbrook for John Wall in a blockbuster trade. And the big question on everybody's mind, are they going to trade James Harden? What is going to happen with that? So I think there's a lot of uh, potential for drama. Yeah, it makes sense. They also have Boogie Cousins on their team, noted uh, person that can get upset sometimes. Boogie, Oogie, but Oogie. he does seem to be very happy to be reunited with former Kentucky teammate of his, John Wall. So I'm happy for Boogie. Yeah, I mean, they could be fun. They should be good. But I definitely see, just with those kinds of egos involved, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the preseason started with James Harden not going to mandatory practice so that he could party in Las Vegas and then party in Atlanta, which I don't believe follow COVID guidelines. And it makes Lou Will look great. You're right. Because at least Lou Will wanted wings. Oh, man. That's all he wanted. Just the wings. And maybe a couple of thighs, but yeah. Oh, nice. So my first pick, which I'm glad they were still on the board, it's the the team that is home to the Brooklyn Knight. It's the Brooklyn Nets. Hmm. Just the other, the other side of the Harden coin in that the Nets are really trying to acquire James Harden. But also, as we've already talked about in Full Court Press, they've got some grumpy boys on the squad. You've got grumpy boy Kyrie. You've got grumpy boy KD. You have maybe grumpy boy James Harden joining the team for the grumpy be triumvirate. They're just going to be very grumpy. There's already been lots of interesting quotes about whether or not Steve Nash is actually going to be the coach. There was an Instagram live between KD and Kyrie where they were talking about the offense as if they are in charge of it. Then there's also been quotes where Kyrie said that he or KD or both of them could be like the coach uh, and they could alternate this role back and forth, even though Steve Nash is getting paid multiple millions of dollars to be the coach, at least nominally. And then there's just, you know, general expectations of signing these two big players. And if they are aren't 
very good this year, that will cause drama as well. I think that's that's all well said. And I also have to say that the grumpy triumvirate, man, what a phrase. If that is not the title of this episode, I hope that at least in a post-COVID world, it is the name of a very pretentious bar that you open. I'm just going to start filing the trademark for it right now so I can start selling grumpy triumvirate merch if they make the James Yeah, Harden I'm going to grab a drink at the grumpy triumvirate. <laughs> they have the best craft cocktails, the best bespoke cocktails. Ugh, I hate that word so much. Oh, it's the worst. Half because I don't really know what it means. It means handcrafted. That sucks. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, with my next pick, I'm going to pick the Philadelphia 76ers, now coached by Doc Rivers with GM Daryl Morey at the helm. Here's the thing. It might be a glorious season in Philly, okay? But if it's not, chaos will ensue. They also added Danny Green and Dwight Howard. Very interested to see how that works. Obviously in more of like a role player sort of position, but the expectations are extremely high in Philly. And Philly fans are extremely not patient and actively bad sometimes. So if things do not go well, especially early on, I could definitely see like if they come out of the gate like three and seven, there's going to be some people freaking out. Right. Especially because they have been rumored to be in the James Harden mix as well. Mm. And the general understanding is that they would trade Ben Simmons, their very good point guard, young, all NBA talent. They would trade him for James Harden. But the current thought is they want to make sure that Simmons and Embiid, they want to give that one last shot with this new offense that Daryl Morey has put together with the new personnel and the players they've brought in. If the two of them aren't playing really well together, the clamorings to trade for James Harden will get very loud. Right. So drama could be afoot. Drama could most certainly be afoot. Speaking of drama being afoot, my pick, the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh boy. They had a very disappointing defeat to the Denver Nuggets. Disappointing for them, not disappointing for everyone else that watched basketball. Disappointing for the side of the backboard that uh, Paul George hit. <laughs> Oh, they also lost Montrez Harrell, their backup big man who almost won sixth player of the year to the Los Angeles Lakers. So that's an extra sting. They've got a new coach in Tyron Lue who used to coach LeBron. So Clippers versus Lakers, there's, you know, some more bad blood added to the mix aside from just playing in the same building. But also there were many a discussion and some articles and quotes coming out about how players were upset about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard who were given special treatment as compared to the rest of the team. They wouldn't have to go to practices. Kawhi lives in San Diego, so he doesn't always come in for everything. And it's just a very us versus them kind of mentality, not a whole lot of cohesion amongst the roster. So that's not a great look. And then PG went on to a uh, podcast. He went on All the Smoke and he talked a little bit of heat about other teams, his own team. He said he had an MVP season, even though he's never won the MVP before. So, you know, that's uh, an interesting situation in Los Angeles. I don't even know if he was the most valuable Paul. <laughs> Maybe that's what he meant. He's like, I was better than Paul Pierce, so I'm the MVP. <laughs> I was better than Paul Pierce in that he's retired. <laughs> I am going to keep things in the City of Angels and move on over to the Lakers, which might be a surprising pick for the drama draft. But uh, the Lakers have some new players. They've got Marcus Gasol. Uh, they also do not have playoff Rondo anymore or regular Rondo. <laughs> but the real reason I picked them is that there's often trouble in paradise. When a team has won, the expectation is they're going to win again, and uh, they might not. And, and I think there's inherent drama to be had there. The problem with the Lakers is that they had such a good offseason— 
in adding Montrezl Harrell, trading for Dennis Schroeder, re-signing Anthony Davis. They had such a good offseason, and no other team really got to their level. The Bucs didn't have as good of an offseason. The Clippers didn't necessarily take a step up. They have separated themselves from the pack, so they have placed themselves into what Golden State had for a couple years, where it's championship or bust. If they win, it's like, yeah, of course they won. And if they lose, it's a huge disappointment. So that could definitely raise some drama where there's not even they are the presumptive favorite. So the best case scenario is that they meet expectations and that's never fun to be in. Yeah, expectations are tough. Mm -hmm. So my next pick is a team alluded to recently. It's the Milwaukee Bucks. Now I had chosen this before Giannis's giant extension had been signed, but I'm still sticking with it for similar reasons in that they have high expectations and they made some big moves. They really gave away a lot to bring in Drew Holiday. So if he doesn't perform well, that's going to be an issue. And also they have the situation of a one that got away that Bogdan Bogdanovich trade fell through and he's on the Hawks now. So if he starts playing really well, it's going to look very bad. Right. Like the Bucks are going to be, you know, at 2 a.m. scrolling through their phone on Instagram and, and looking at his stats and just thinking, oh no, we could have had him. If only we didn't mess up the sign and trade agreement. <laughs> well, I think the other thing is that like the Bucks should be good. And so the expectations are very high. And, and obviously there's not the same kind of scrutiny in a market like Milwaukee. But I think they're kind of where the 76ers are, which is like they need to win pretty soon um, or else people are going to get annoyed. The Bucks need to at least get to an Eastern Conference Finals, exactly. which they still haven't done with the MVP on their team. Right. Yeah, because I think a couple of years ago, nobody expected Toronto to beat them. And when that happened, like that was the year that I think a lot of people assumed that they would get to the finals. I think I picked them as my finals uh, prediction this year. So, yeah. So, again, high expectations. And if they fall short, it will be a grumbling of of uh, a grumbling of the fans. Grumbling and bumbling. Mm -hmm. Next up, I am going to pick the Charlotte Hornets. Mm -hmm. One reason that is a huge reason is the presence of LaMelo Ball and therefore LeVar Ball, presumably. That's inherent drama. You don't. I don't even have to explain it further than that. Also, Gordon Hayward. I don't see the, see Gordon Hayward having been worth the money that he got to go to Charlotte. I think they're going to be very middle of the road, and I wonder the degree to which fans will start getting annoyed at the moves that this team has made over many years. Mm -hmm. They also have a problem of having three lead ball guards mm. in Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier III, and LaMelo Ball. So that could be troublesome when you have three players who would very much like to dribble it, please. <laughs> never never good. <laughs> Since there is only one ball. Yeah. LaMelo, the, the one ball. <laughs> one ball. So the next team that I have chosen, it's Gordon Hayward's former team, the Boston Celtics. Mainly, they let Gordon Hayward just kind of go. And if he plays really well, it's not going to look good. They didn't really make any meaningful additions to their team. So it's going to be hard to try to be better when all you've done is lost a pretty good player. You know, maybe he's not worth $30 million a year, but he's still good at basketball. Sure. And he was important in the playoffs. So that's a problem. And then also there's a big Kemba Walker question mark where they gave him big contract, a lot of money, hoping that he would be basically an improved Kyrie where he'd bring the same skill set, but not necessarily the whole flat earth ethos to the locker room. Yeah. But he unfortunately seemed to be having some knee issues and that's never fun. It's not like he underperformed. It was just, he was hobbled. So hopefully he can be okay and healthy. But if things don't go well there, they're going to be upset that they've had players just kind of walk out the door for nothing. This happened with Al Horford. It's happened with Gordon Hayward now. 
you're going to have some fans be upset that they've just been in contention for many years, but just never have gotten to that finals. And that's a disappointment. Yeah. And in the way that the 76ers and, and Bucks are kind of the team that it's like, will they get over the hump? It, the Celtics feel very much like one of those teams. And it also, as good a coach as he is, you do wonder if this is like the last chance for Stevens. Like if Brad Stevens, like if the Celtics do not perform well in the playoffs or like, you know, our first round exit, I, I could very well see him being gone. Yeah, basically something has to change if it doesn't go well this year. And that either comes in the form of a big signing, a big trade, or switching up the coach. And I think that if they don't play well this year, there's going to be clamorings for one of, if not multiple, of those things. And that could cause some drama. Yeah, I think you're right. My next pick is going to be the Toronto slash Tampa Raptors. <laughs> Just that situation in and of itself is fodder for drama. For anybody who doesn't know, the Toronto Raptors are not allowed to play in Toronto because we here in America suck at handling COVID. So they are going to be playing in Tampa, which that's got to be tough. Like, yes, they're professional athletes. Yes, they make a lot of money, but they don't get to live where they should be living, which I think takes a toll on people. And also, do they suck now? Are they good? Like, I, they lost Marc Gasol. They lost Serge Ibaka. When I look at that roster, I'm not too enamored with it, but I don't know. What do you think? I think they'll be okay. It relies on some of the young guys taking a step up. Pascal Siakam had a very good regular season and then was very disappointing in the playoffs. So you hope that he can take a step up and rise to the occasion of being even more of the offensive focus of their team. But yeah, being in Tampa is hard. I was listening to a podcast with Fred Van Fleet where he was saying that it's going to be hard about Players basically are going to have to decide, do I bring my whole family down to Tampa for part of a year? It's a lot of money. It's a lot of hassle. Some kids are in school, so you can't do that. Or do you just end up being separated from your family for months on end? It's much longer than even the bubble was, and that was enough of a toll. Well, exactly, and they already had to do that. That's that's the other thing. Right, so it's a tough situation. I do hope that we get some Tampa-themed jerseys, though. Like, I just want them to fully embrace the Florida in the fun respects, not in the, you know, pretend COVID doesn't exist respects. But let's bring out the fun aspects of Florida for this one year. But also let's pour one out for the KFC Yum Center where they will not be playing, unfortunately. Very unfortunate. And actually, I mean, Tampa, if you're a Tampa sports fan, you've had a good year. The Lightning won the Stanley Cup. The Rays got to the World Series. Now you get to have a basketball team in your city, albeit one that you can't go see, but it's still kind of cool. What the hell is going on with Tampa that I don't know a single person that lives in Tampa Bay, but they have all of these sports teams. What is happening? My sister actually lives in the Tampa Bay area, so ah. um, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's something, something in the water. Gators. There's gators in there. My next pick is the Sons of Phoenix. Mainly, they have cashed in on trying to make the playoffs this year, and if they don't, it will be a disappointment. They made a big trade for CP3 in hopes that they will make the playoffs, and if they don't make the playoffs, that's going to be not a great situation. Devin Booker will be, I would assume, very grumpy. So if CP3 isn't the savior that they thought that he will be, this is not going to be a good situation. We know their owner, Robert Sarver, is a bad person, but also as an impatient and easily angered person so I could just see things being ugly if they don't make the playoffs this year. Do you think uh, CP3 and Devin Booker will gel? I think they will gel together from a basketball playing perspective. It's just a question of CP3 is old and he didn't have injury issues with Oklahoma City, but he did in Houston. So if those come back, 
that's going to be a problem. So I think they make sense from a basketball perspective. You just got to hope, as I always do, and as I always turn off injuries whenever I play NBA 2K, you just got to hope he doesn't get hurt. Uh, That's actually a perfect transition to my next pick, the Golden State Warriors, who are not inherently a team that I associate with a lot of drama because Steve Kerr is at the helm and he is about as even keeled as it gets. Steven keeled, if you will. You son of a bitch. (laughs) How did I not think of that? So it'll be interesting to see. The the Warriors, obviously, they had the number two pick in the draft. Drafted James Wiseman. It'll be interesting to see how he fits in. But also just how demoralizing losing Clay Thompson is. Again, Mm. um, this is the second straight year that they'll be playing without him for the full season. After his ACL tear, he now tore his Achilles, uh, which really sucks. And they got used to winning. And if they're in the middle of the pack again, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. Because last year, they chose to really not rush Steph Curry back, which I think was the right move. But I'm sure the fan base there is is thirsty for more championships, and it doesn't look like they're really a championship team. So it might be trouble in a former paradise, if you will. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, they do have Kelly Oubre Jr. on their team now, and he is very attractive. Mm. So they got that. <laughs> and isn't he one of the, the desert boys or whatever they call themselves? He was a former Valley boy, so now he can be a Silicon Valley boy. <laughs> nice, man. You are you are on it today. I did. I, I cannot credit that. I saw that along oh. in the Twitter. I, I did not come up with that on my own. Well, I did come up with the desert boys, and that is not a thing. That is something I just said. <laughs> it's what the Suns can be now. It's their off-brand version since they don't have Kelly Oubre. It's, ah, we're the desert boys, as we always have been. <laughs> it's the same Aunt Viv. Stop asking questions. <laughs> So my next pick is the Pelicans of New Orleans, Zatarain's finest. They just have a bit of a clunky roster with the addition of Steven Adams in there. I don't understand getting him into the mix, but also just they had all this hype of Zion last year, and he spent a lot of the year being hurt or out of shape, and he didn't get to play as much as people would have liked. So I think with this season, people will expect him to be healthy. People will expect him to dominate when he's on the court. And if those don't happen, I think Pelicans fans, if they are out there, will be upset about this situation. You've also got some players that are on big contracts. Brandon Ingram is someone that has shown a lot of promise. And you would hope that he can fulfill that promise on the team. So... Lots of question marks, but hopefully they can figure it all out. And hopefully Zion can dunk on anyone and everyone every game. Yeah, I mean, just as a as a basketball fan, you just want to see somebody like that stay healthy. And and the good news is, and of course it's preseason, he is healthy at the moment, knock on wood. Um, he played 33 minutes in a preseason game yesterday and uh, had 26 points and 11 boards and apparently looked very good. So hopefully we'll be seeing more of that this year because he's unlike almost anybody we've ever seen other than maybe like LeBron in terms of what he can do physically. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch him hopefully play a full season. You don't need to know a lot about stats to know that if you're scoring about one point per minute, you're doing something right. Just wild. And maybe someday in the future, you'll get to see him in New Orleans. I know you had tickets to see him. And uh, of course that did not work out. It did not. It did not. Someday. I believe we will, we will go to an NBA game again, but uh, yes, not, not for a little while. I'm not in a rush. 2028. Let's go. Oh, by then the Bulls and Knicks will both be around 500. (laughs) My next pick is going to be the Miami Heat. And, uh, Really, it's it's based on the fact that it's hard to imagine that things could continue going as well as they had. So it's kind of me betting on the fact that there will be drama at some point. Like, how does Jimmy Butler continue to feel? Does he feel good about the team? It seems like he loves those guys. 
He loves Goran Dragic. He's hired Goran Dragic as an unpaid intern, apparently, for uh, Big Head Coffee. An unpaid model slash spokesperson for Big Head Coffee. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And also, like, Tyler Hero seems like a very good teammate and, and seems to have fit in well there. But I think he does want to be a star. I, I wonder if there's some point at which he, if he doesn't start, gets upset about not starting. So, you know, I, I don't think it'll be super dramatic there. I think they have a very good team. I think... They certainly uh, will be like a top four team in the East, but, um, you know, we'll see. They also have the potential. They are another place that has been linked to James Harden trades in that Mm. the Houston Rockets would be very much in favor of getting Tyler Hero and maybe some picks in exchange for James Harden. So you could have the drama of that trade happening. Or if the Heat decide, no, we want to stick it out with Tyler Hero. And if he doesn't play as well as he did in the playoffs and James Harden is James Harden still, Fans could be upset with, hey, we could have traded this guy who's not playing well for James Harden and we didn't do it. What are we doing? So that could be a point of contention. Totally. My next pick is the Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are going all playoff or bust. And if they don't make the playoffs, it will be a disappointment. It seems like they should be able to do it, but, you know, things can go wrong along the way. They've brought in a ton of new players. They brought in a bunch of people last year at the trade deadline. They signed a bunch of guys this offseason, so there could be some chemistry issues there. There's always the question of, can Trey Young be someone that you run a team around, even though he doesn't play defense, which is half of the game of basketball. So there is continually the the struggle of putting together new pieces into a team, but also they very much now have set the expectation of we really want to make the playoffs. And if they don't, I think people will be upset. But if they do, then they get the benefit of playoff Rondo. Right. My goodness, they just unlock the whole potential. <laughs> Just get in there, baby. Get in as an eight seed and let playoff Rondo do his thing. Man, Rondo and Trey Young being on the same team makes for some of the most fun passing possible. The Hawks are going to be all-time league pass must-watch team. Like, even if they don't play well, they will be very fun and their new uniforms are very fresh. I agree. Man, imagine if you could do like a creative player where you got regular season Paul George and playoff Rondo. Wow. <laughs> Be too strong. That's some Dragon Ball Z, you know, fusion shit. (laughs) (laughs) My next pick, and I partially did this to piss you off, is the New York Knicks. And it's really based on a very simple concept, okay? James Dolan is still in charge. And just like how there's always money in the banana stand, there's always drama in New York Mm -hmm. City. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? We're the Knicks. The Knicks are drama boys. We are, and the media loves to talk about us, whether we're good or bad or middling of the pack. They always find a way... To put us in the news, the reign of hashtag say Knicks for clicks reigns through forever and uh, doesn't seem like it's going to be dethroned ever. So something will happen. Inevitably. My next pick, solely because you picked the Knicks, are your Chicago Bulls. Tell me about them. I don't really have a big reason here except for because you picked the Knicks. But I did come up with the fact that they have a new GM. They have a new coach. Uh, and they've got some young players that played well in their rookie year and then not well in subsequent years. So Laurie Markinen had an incredible rookie season and then eh. And then Wendell Carter Jr. played pretty well rookie year and then eh. So you would hope that's just because Jim Boylan was coaching their team and no one liked Jim Boylan. So I think the Bulls will be fine. But you have the potential of if it's not fine, that's going to be bad because you've gotten rid of the bad coach. You've gotten rid of the bad GM. So if things stay the same, that will be a problem. Right. And I mean, understandably, Zach Levine, the Bulls star player, did not get along well with Jim Boylan and his drill sergeant antics. So it'll be interesting to see 
how he gets along with Billy Donovan. I think Billy Donovan will be a good coach. Um, I think that was a, a reasonably good choice. Um, I don't know who else they considered, but um, yeah, I, I think <laughs> I don't know how much drama there will be. I also don't. I also don't know how many wins there will be, but I can guarantee you there will be some fantastic Stacy King sound bites. Yeah, he recently told someone in a preseason game who got dunked on to open your mouth wide and take it. Mm-hmm. That's uh no double meaning there. Just a basketball reference. People do say that all of the time when you play basketball. <laughs> that is can confirm very common thing to be said on the basketball court. Oh, stop it! Stop <laughs> it! Did you not get the memo? Does anyone know how to post videos to Facebook? <laughs> he can't be stopped. <sighs> Next up, I have picked the Washington Wizards. Uh, I got one word for you, Westbrook. Mm. That's it. He seems like a happy boy. Yeah, I think so. I, and I think I think he'll be good there because he is good. And uh, I'll be interested to see how the Wizards are as a team. But anytime you have somebody that high profile going to a new place, I, f- I feel like there's a... Uh, inherent risk of of drama. For sure, definitely. And there are expectations for the Wizards because Bradley Beal's on the team. He signed the contract extension that was worth many millions of dollars. They would like to be good. They would like to make the playoffs. They were just shy of making them this past year, so they want it. But I do want the best for Russell Westbrook. I want him to play well. I like him a lot. And I did appreciate there was an article saying that this preseason, he spent an entire week of practices just hyping up Rui Hachimura, a second-year player in the Wizards, and then he played really well in preseason. So I like the thought of Russell Westbrook just yelling positive things in someone's ear for an entire week, and then they're good at basketball. I would pay him so much money for him to do that. I would give... <laughs> many a dollar for him just to yell positive things at me. And then a week later, it turns out I'm much better at those things. I don't think Russell Westbrook is on Cameo, but if I if he is and if I can afford it, I'm going to get that for you for your birthday. Just please yell at me, Russ. I'm here for it. I will <laughs> accept your yelling. <laughs> so my next pick are the Pacers of Indiana. Mainly, it is just because of the Victor Oladipo situation. He's a very good basketball player. Unfortunately, he's been dealing with some injuries. He's struggled to make a comeback. His bubble performance wasn't that great. It's just a big question of, can he be their centerpiece, or are they going to try to get off of him before they have to pay him a bunch of money because his contract is up after this season? So... That's always a big question mark. And then they have something that can come up often in basketball where you have two players about the same age, similar positions, where one player starts to be better than the other. So you want to move on from one guy to focus on the other. So they had Miles Turner on their team, and then they got DeMontis Sabonis on their team. And Sabonis ended up being better than Miles Turner, even though initially it seemed like Turner was the better prospect. So now you just have the awkward situation of they clearly like Sabonis and they're not super enamored with Miles and they're probably trying to trade him, but people aren't necessarily incredibly interested. So that's always kind of dramatic and uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that's fair. I actually feel like there was more drama in Indiana than I was privy to. So I I think that was a good pick. Um, My next pick is going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder, who now have uh, exactly every draft pick for the next 10 (laughs) years. They made a ton of moves, a ton of moves. They also weirdly have Al Horford now. They have Trevor Ariza. They have George Hill. They have no more CP3. They have no more Dennis Schroeder. They have no more Steven Adams. So it's just a complete turnover. uh, And that's always interesting and fodder for some drama, although I think they will be pretty bad. But, you know, completely new team, completely new group of guys. So it'll be interesting. They have no expectations, which is nice for them. They do have Shy Gilgis Alexander, who's very good at basketball. And they also have best name in the NBA, Lugens Dort on their team. Dort. Lugens Dort. My goodness. What a name. What a name. Dort. It's great. It's so good. My next pick is the Utah Jazz. 
Mainly, you've still got the lingering, hopefully fully simmered beef of Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. You got beef, but you don't have pizza. That's the rule of Utah. <laughs> if you don't recall, Rudy Gobert probably gave Donovan Mitchell COVID, and he was not happy about that. So they had a bit of tension there for both basketball reasons and pandemic reasons. Hopefully they are not still upset about that. But then also they brought in Mike Conley last year and he didn't play super well and they traded a decent amount and paid money to get him. So if he has another bad year, I feel like Utah Jazz fans will be very upset and that could be dramatic. So you've got potential player beef. You've got a, a guy that's already on thin ice. You could have some drama. Yeah, I think that all sounds right. Uh, my next pick is going to be the Detroit Pistons. Um, I don't see them as being super dramatic, but they did add Leangelo Ball, and that's enough for me. They already waived him. You're good. Damn it. <laughs> but if they re-add him. <laughs> all right. Well, that kind of changes my pick, but I'm, I'm going to stick No, I think they're still potentially dramatic. They turned the whole lineup over, so. They got a lot of people that don't make sense. They paid a lot of money to one of the Plumlee brothers, Mason, I think. I always get their names confused, but... They just made a lot of weird roster moves, so I could see uh, drama being afoot. Yeah, I could see it. And they got Blake Griffin, and they might want to try to trade him, so that could be an uncomfortable situation. Right. Okay, my next pick are the Timberwolves of Minnesota, mainly because they had the number one pick in the draft, Anthony Edwards, who doesn't seem super excited to play basketball professionally, which is never a great combination when your job is professional basketball player. <laughs> if he doesn't do well, that's going to be upsetting because... Anytime the number one pick isn't the best player, people get upset because you could have picked anybody and we got this guy. So if he doesn't play well, that's going to be a situation. And this is also the first true season of Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Happened middle of the year last year. They are friends. Cat really wanted D'Lo in town. But you got a full season now where they can figure it all out. And if they don't, that could be an issue. But I am going to have full patience with Carl Anthony Towns because he lost seven members of his family due to COVID over this offseason. Horrible. And I cannot imagine that. I cannot yeah. imagine that. So if Carl Anthony Towns averages zero, zero, and zero this season, I will hold nothing against him. I have tremendous respect for that man. The fact that he's still able to pick himself up and play basketball in a very public setting. Pick himself up and do anything. Get out of bed. I yeah. mean, that's, it's horrible. Anyone that said 2020 was rough should walk a mile in Carl Anthony Towns' size 86 shoes because like, that's got to be a really tough situation. I cannot imagine it. My heart goes out to him. So I hope for his sake that he just balls the absolute fuck out this year. But if he doesn't, no one should say anything at all. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of times people use that as their escape. So hopefully that's an escape for him. You certainly would hope it would be because that's got to be just an awful situation. One of the best games of my basketball career came after a girlfriend broke up with me. So, you know, mm. emotions can fuel you. <laughs> To be clear, I, I know that you're not equating those things, oh, no, I'm, not, glad, I'm glad that you did well on your rec game. Not in the slightest, even <laughs> if sophomore year of high school Mike wanted to. Eat your heart out, ex-girlfriend. Look at him now. Professional podcaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he scored like 12 points or something in that basketball game he's talking about. Season high, baby. Thanks for dumping me. Probably was, honestly. <laughs> I was an assist guy, all right? You know, facilitator. You were you were a glue guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My next pick is the Portland Trailblazers. They added Robert Covington. I think that's interesting. Uh, and I am also interested to see if Dame Lillard continues his torrid streak that he was on at the end of the bubble. So mm -hmm. 
that's that's what I got. You want to see it. You really do. They've brought in some new players. There's a lot of hype about them having a really good offseason. So if they don't play well, that's going to be bad. Also, a big excuse for them, a valid excuse, was that most of their team was hurt last year. So they didn't play well. But it's like, ah, injuries. But if people don't get injured and then they're still bad, then it's, ah, our team's actually bad. So, you know, could be an issue. Yeah. So my next pick are the Dallas Mavericks. Mainly this is centered around Chris Stapps Porzingis being paid hundreds of millions of dollars over the next five years, but he's very injury prone. And unfortunately for, for him and for the Dallas Maverick fans, he hurt his knee again and got surgery, I believe, this offseason. So that's just something that can always cause frustration between players and fans is if you're paying someone a lot of money and they aren't playing, you know, valid or not, people are going to get upset and that could happen for them. And then it's just like extra weight on Luca's shoulders. He can only do so much. And KP is supposed to be his co-star. And if he's just not there, that just makes Luca's job that much harder. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, my next pick is the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, congrats to the city of Cleveland for not being actively racist anymore with their sports teams. My God. Only took them a hundred something years, baby. Ugh disgusting. For anyone unaware, the Cleveland Indians were a baseball team and they are deciding to get rid of their name. And the rumor is that they might be the Cleveland Spiders because that's what their old team used to be called. And that would be incredible. That could be a lot of fun. You could have a lot of fun with those uniforms. Definitely. I don't really have a specific reason to have picked Cleveland. We're getting down to the end here. They have JaVale McGee. He's always due for at least a couple of ridiculous moments. So let's go with that. Yeah. I mean, they've got a bunch of young guys that now, once you get into year two, year three, you want to see some improvement. So if that doesn't happen, they'll be upset. They also made a pretty, not a huge trade, but they did trade for Andre Drummond. So if he doesn't perform well, it's always just the question of why did we bother trading this guy? And then also you have Kevin Love, who has been on the Cavs and doesn't seem to have been happy on the Cavs for the past like three years. So... There's always drama there. There was a situation last year where he chucked a pass at a player and then got benched afterwards. So there's always the chance. Yeah, I I, I mean, I wouldn't want to be there if I were him. So no shout out to Eric Schneider, who lives in Cleveland and loves it. But, you know, to quote Joe Kim Noah, what's so great about Cleveland? <laughs> no one says I'm going to go vacation in Cleveland. You know what? I want to go anywhere so badly. I would love to vacation in Cleveland <laughs> if I could. <laughs> So my next pick are the Sacramento Kings. There's always a bit of drama around the Kings because they just always find a way to make poor decisions from the front office perspective. But mainly my reason for picking them is that there was this me versus him thing of Buddy Heald and Bogdan Bogdanovich. And they let Bogdan Bogdanovich go. And now Buddy Heald is their focal point of the offense. He's their shooting guard. So if things don't go well there, there's just the question of, ah, we should have picked the other guy. So that could cause some drama. Fair enough. I am going to go with the Denver Nuggets. I don't know why. This is what happens when we get to the bottom, baby. They're great. They're lovely. <laughs> the Denver Nuggets are a lot of fun. I don't think they will be particularly dramatic. I think Jamal Murray proved himself to be the uh, elite star that he is. Jokic, I think as well, was was a ton of fun in in the bubble. I think the only thing that could cause any drama is just heightened expectations because of how far they got in, mm -hmm. in really exceeding everybody's expectations in the bubble, getting to the conference finals. So I could see a world where, like, if they, you know, are a top seed but don't get that far in the playoffs, it ends up being disappointing. But they seem to have a good group there, and they seem to really enjoy each other. So I don't think it'll be super dramatic. Yeah. The only thing I thought of is that Michael Porter Jr. is an anti-vaxxer. And uh, cool. vaccines are going to be in uh, a big topic in 2021. <laughs> so you could get some spicy quotes. Vaccines are really having a moment right now. <laughs> 
you could see him being uh, interesting in that regard. But he also thinks very highly of his basketball playing abilities. So if he doesn't get a lot of playing time, he already did a thing in the playoffs where he said a quote that he should be getting more touches. He alluded to it. So if he does that again, could be even more drama. Hmm. Okay, my next pick are the Orlando Magic. Again, not a whole lot of drama here. I guess the only thing I could think of is that they've kind of been in the same situation for the past like six years where they're fine and they'll be fighting for the eight seed, but there's only so many times you can just do the same thing over and over again. So something's gotta give. They're running out of time on player contracts of the likes of Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier. So stuff's gonna happen. Trades could happen. They may really want to spice things up, but I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like they're going to have a great year. I don't think it's going to be necessarily super dramatic, but, you know, if things get stagnant for too long, something is bound to bubble up. Imagine if you got to go back in time a year ago and talk to an Orlando Magic fan and be like, hey, just so you know, the NBA champion this season, they're going to win it in Orlando. They would have been like, nice. And you'd be like, hold on, there's more. <laughs> Sit down. You do make the playoffs. That's the good news. Now the bad news. <laughs> uh, with my final pick in the drama draft, I am picking the least dramatic and most boring team of all time, the San Antonio Spurs. Literally the only thing I could even come up with for them is that I recently saw a trade rumor involving them acquiring Kyle Kuzma. So if that happens, I guess that would be interesting. Beyond that, they are deeply boring. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they got Pop on the team and he'll give some fun quotes from time to time. Every now and then he gets ejected from a game and then Becky Hammond gets the coach. So there's some fun stuff that could happen. Yeah. My final pick, the last pick, clearly the least dramatic team. It's the Memphis Grizzlies. Everything's great. Everything is just great in Memphis right now. You've got John Morant. He's very fun. He's already dunking on everyone in preseason. They exploded past their expectations last year. The thing is, it was going to be more dramatic for them because people started to realize that they probably overperformed last year. So there could have been the dramatic situation of not meeting expectations. But because so many teams in the West got better with offseason moves, I don't think anybody expects the Grizzlies to make the playoffs anymore. So now they just get to be in the exact same boat they were in last year, which is you just get to be fun and you have John Morant on the team, and Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back from injury eventually, and you still got Brandon Clark, and you've got fresh uniforms. They're bringing even more throwback uniforms into the mix from their <laughs> early 2000 Memphis days. Just, everything's great there. It's fine. <laughs> no, like, everything's fine. You have John Morant on your team. Everything's fine. <laughs> John Morant is a lot of fun. I am so jealous. We were one pick away, but I do love RJ Barrett, but we were one pick away from John Morant. Oh, it hurts. And it's just so wild. I mean, as we're recording this, like when this episode comes out on Monday the 21st, the NBA season will start the next day. And that wild. is just bizarre that we're already here. Absolutely wild. So clearly there is a lot of drama that is potentially out there. Hopefully you all enjoyed this crash course. And if you're listening to Horse and you don't have a favorite team, maybe pick a team you think will be super dramatic. Or if you don't want to go through the heart swings, Root for the Grizzlies, baby. <laughs> Let's go, Grizz. Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Mike Schubert and Adam Mama Wala. <laughs> <laughs> did, I get, did I get it right that time? Today's episode was edited by Mike Schubert. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The music is by Bettina Campamanes. The website is by Kelly Schubert. I said Kelly Beckman last episode, apparently. So the website is by my wife, Kelly Schubert. And the art is by Allison Wakeman. Nice. Thank you to our producer-level patrons, Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Adam Hartwick, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Catherine Lee, Siobhan Ellsbury, Shooby-Dooby-Doo, Godzilla got... Godzilla? Godzilla <laughs> got busy! 
Godzilla got busy. Steph Curry for three. Bang. He sells seashells. Oh, there it was. LeBron James, Matt Berger, NBA legend Robert Sacri. No jazz, no pizza. Eileen Gazesh, Avatar Kiyoshi, and Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horse Hoops and on Twitter at Horse underscore Hoops because... Horse Hoops partied in Las Vegas and Atlanta, even though they were supposed to be following COVID restrictions. You hate to see it. Hate to see it. Go to our website, horsehoops.com, for more of the fun stuff we talked about today, including more about all the drama in the league, Kyrie saying some interesting things and much, much more. And if you want some bonus content, us turning three on threes into five on fives, me talking about shoes, Adam and I doing an audio bonus episode about basketball slang. All of that lives at patreon.com slash horse hoops. And also thanks to Multitude for having us as a part of the collective with Multitude. You can also, if you join the multi-crew, listen to Head, Heart, Gut, which will have Adam Mamawala on it very soon. I'm very excited. We recorded it yesterday. It was a ton of fun. I did, I did pretty well. I don't want to give it away, Ooh, but I did pretty well. That's good to hear. You can join and listen to Head Heart Gut, our exclusive show, if you join the multi-crew at multicrew.club. And as we end every episode, we're going to put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three. How about Atentacumpo? I like it. Yeah, we should praise Giannis for, for his big extension. I'm happy for him. So we'll say Atentacumpo on the count of three. One, two, three. Antetokounmpo. I mean, if you can say that, you can say Mama Wallace. It's not a hard, I just got to get that. The third syllable. <laughs> I should like rename you in my phone with like the Walla, the W-A is capitalized. So I'm like, ah, yes, right. Mama Wah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it sounds like you're casting a spell and you are back to your roots. Mama Wah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> An Italian spell. <laughs>